There is a mist that hangs heavy in the land of Barovia. Two strangers lost together stare up at the ancient spires of Castle Ravenloft. For it is here they've been invited. Dwarven Moss presents a Dungeons and Dragons actual play of The Curse of Straw. <laughs> Welcome to Dwarven Moss. My name is Tom Hodgins, and I'll be taking my friends, comedian Chris Siddiqui, yeah. musician Jay McCarroll, on their very first official Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yes. Yeah, baby. So, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, I'll do my best to explain it real quick. I would say D&D is fucking wicked. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> D&D is a collective storytelling game where the players interact with the world and I, the dungeon master, describe the effect the players' actions have on the world. The setting of our world is based on the official campaign which we chose, called The Curse of Strahd. But how the story unfolds is unique to every playthrough. So for our story, Jay and Chris have each created a character and submitted it to me so I know all about their abilities and backstories. Each of them have a history, a past that defines them, but they don't know anything about each other yet. I'll be starting the game by describing a setting for which they will meet. From then on, all three of us are going to be improvising moment to moment as the adventure takes shape in real time. Their decisions will be role-played, while their actions and outcomes will be determined using dice rolls. So it's kind of a game of chance. Good description. <laughs> Such outcomes, however, can have consequences. Their characters can die, and the adventure would be over. So keep that in mind. So with that, um, we'll begin our story in Daggerford. Chris, or should I say, Boren. It's late afternoon, and you are sitting at the bar of the River Shining Tavern in Daggerford, speaking to a human barkeep named Elliot Aldrich. This tavern has a classic English Tudor vibe to it. The room is comprised of finely crafted, rich-looking wooden chairs and dining tables, each laid out with fine silver utensils and goblets anticipating the dinner crowd. It's not busy at this time of the day, but the patrons you do see are dressed well, and from what you conclude are mostly made up of visiting nobles and wealthy merchants, grabbing an afternoon wine on this beautiful late summer's day. Ah, oh, what a lovely evening. Hi, <laughs> Elliot. Good to see you, lad. What a pleasure it is to be back in Daggerford. <laughs> oh, almost spilled my beer there. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting a bit tipsy. As you're sitting and chatting to Elliot, in walks an older gentleman, a half-elf, wearing ragged robes and looking very out of place. This character's entry has raised a couple of eyebrows, to say the least, and is being watched by the few who are here. And as the half-elf approaches, Elliot chimes in. Oh, uh, hello, sir. I am Elliot Aldrich barkeep of the River Shining Tavern. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, just hoping for, uh, just a whiskey, please. Whiskey on me! Oh, no, please, uh, I, I, no. Ah, no, I insist, mate, please. 
I've had a long journey and earned quite a bit of gold. I'd love to spend it. Fair, fair enough. All right. Give me a whiskey then. Fine. Elliot, I will get this guest whatever he pleases. I just want to drink, guys. I, I, that's it. Just a, just a drink that's going to uh, numb things down a bit. I, I understand that. Yes, of uh, course, my friends. Uh, it will get that to you. And just to clarify, uh, Boren, uh, you will be paying? Aye, <laughs> indeed, Elliot. Indeed. Yes. Oh, good. Uh, I'm not sure I got your name, sir. Yeah, it's, w- it's Wendell. Pleasure to meet you. My name is Boren, son of Khaled. Is this your first time here, Wendell? Aye. Uh, y- yes, yes, it is. Ah, well, welcome to Daggerford, my friend. Thanks. Thank you. I, I, if you don't mind, I'm I'm just gonna sit down and uh, I have some thinking to do. Oh, um, no! Please, by all means. I am sorry to have disturbed you. It's a mighty fine uh, suit of armor you got there. Hey, thank you. Tis dwarven armor, crafted by the finest smiths. Okay. Yeah. All right. This side of the spine of the world. Wendell starts walking away. And Sorry to uh, interrupt, sir. Uh, here's your two uh, whiskeys. Ah, single malt drinks. drinks. <laughs> your whiskey. Right. Sorry, I got a lot on my mind. Oh, please. Yes, yes, it's quite all right. Um, Wendell, might I ask, what brings a man like yourself to the city of Daggerford? So Wendell, uh, he's going to look a little bit apprehensive about uh, talking anymore. Just as he's walking away, he turns back. He's like, I don't want to talk much anymore. Thank you very much, guys. And then, uh, and then uh, Borin goes, well, I shall do the talking for us then. Traveling down the road with my friend Gundrin Rockseeker. Perhaps you know him. A trader in these routes. Ah, yes, Gundren, of course. And his brothers, Tharden and Nundro. The Rockseekers are good, wise men who have done a lot for the town of Phandalin. And uh, members of the Lord's Alliance, nonetheless. Oh, something as such. As I was saying, I was on my way home, knowing that I myself am a bit of a wanderer. I thought I'd stop in at Daggerford. I've not been here for I on 17 trying, it feels like. But I was happy to come see my friend Elliot once again and meet the locals. I have no time that I have to be back home, so I thought I'd take this time to myself. See the world once again. A noble uh, dwarf uh, such as yourself is uh, always welcome. Oh, please, my friend. At the the <laughs> pleasure is all mine. The Shining Tavern, yes. Well, such a beautiful place you keep here. Not uh, so sure about your half-elven friend, though. We don't see too much of his type around here. Aye. Well, I can't say that he's a friend. Not yet. For hmm. I don't quite know him. I'm sorry, Wendell. You seem to be... Preoccupied. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I just uh, got a lot on my mind, and I prefer to sort of, uh, you know, take uh, solace in some silence. Um, I'm a simple man. So as you two are talking, you can see the Elliot, the bartender, kind of leaves behind the bar and goes over to some of these tables where these uh, wealthy merchants and noblemen are speaking. And he's just, you know, ducking down, and you can see him kind of whispering in their ears and very obviously looking at Wendon, making a sort of a assessment of him. Hey, those are quite important people in Feyrun. Do you know who they are? 
So I'm, I'm assuming that even though I went, I went and I sat in the in the corner somewhere. But you're kind of just coming I'm up still, to me, yeah, and you sit yeah, right I down and just you have your arm around me, takes sort of thing. His drink off and just sort of hops off okay, the stool yeah. and follows you. He keeps talking to you. Those gentlemen seem quite interested in you. <laughs> I don't think they take much interest in me. No, I, I'm just a farmer. Uh, it might be because of your appearance. I know half elves are. Sometimes look down upon upon this world. Right. Yeah. L- listen. I, I just want to. I just want to throw some whiskey back, and do some thinking. So it looks like they've come to some sort of conclusion uh, based on their little discussion over there. Elliot uh, comes back up to you guys. Sorry. Uh, I have to be frank. Uh, you don't look like you belong here, Wendell. But uh, Elliot, please. That's a bit. Harsh, don't you think? Everyone belongs in this world. Hold on a second there, Born. I want to hear what Elliot has to say. Well, yes, normally uh, we'd like to be as civil as we can in Daggerford. As uh, we are being. Here's the problem. You see, I'm just going to get straight to it. There's been a band of wayward travelers camped outside the town's walls. They seemed harmless to us at first, uh, but we've received reports that they've begun uh, harassing townsfolk and other visitors as they come and go. Uh, demanding money and wine and threatening to put hexes on anyone who doesn't pay up. And uh, we got to thinking, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, Wendell fit the description, but... Uh... I'm sorry, are you stereotyping, my friend? Elliot, oh, this is disappointing, friend. I thought I knew you better. Boran, please. Uh, you know how we must conduct things in a place like this. Look at your friend, this raggedy farmer. <laughs> If you weren't hey. paying for a drink, uh, I don't think he'd be here much longer. Hey, uh, listen to me for a second. You go and you tell those uh, nice folk over there that they got the wrong guy. All right? As simple as that. Okay. Indeed. Right. Uh, 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 make a, do a, make a persuasion check. Right. It'll end up being a 12 with my plus 8. Uh, Elliot goes, yes, uh, very well, sir. I'll, I'll be right back. And he goes to speak to them. I, I'm sorry about that. He, uh, I know Elliot to be a good man, not a racist. <laughs> well, they got the wrong guy. Fair enough. I ain't been harassing no folk. I believe you. You don't look like a harasser. You look like a farmer. Yeah, just a farmer. I'll tell you what, though. What do you say you and I go and uh, take care of that problem? And as Wendell's sort of coming up, he gets a little idea in his head. And something kind of perks up in him, and it's probably visible by you. And he kind of looks down at his, it, you can see it, it to be an axe. He's holding onto an axe. He's not holding onto it, it's on his uh, belt. And he's just looking at it. And he looks up and he goes, Yeah, what do you say you and I go and maybe uh, take care of their problem with those uh, hooligans? I absolutely would love to do that. I am down 100%. Why don't we go, uh, when we go ask him? Fair enough. I'm just gonna get up and, uh, start walking towards the, these rich folk, and is, is Elliot with them? Elliot's, uh, yeah, he's still with them. Okay, I'm gonna just kind of walk up, very matter-of-factly. Yeah, you know them boys you're talking about? Oh, <laughs> hello, sir. The boys, uh, we're talking about? <laughs> 
Yeah, I can take care of any, uh, anyone giving you trouble around here if you want. And then Boren comes up. He says, I, yes, we can help you. And of course you can. Uh, we were just discussing that, in fact, actually, that uh, you two look like the types of adventurers that uh, we could really use right now in a time like this. Heroes, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, all right. This could be very good. Uh, it's good, 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 for, good for all. Uh, you'll be pleasing Lady Morin. Ah, uh, Lady Morin. Yes, the Duchess Morin. Uh, of course. Right, right. Well, the guards that she sent yesterday to speak uh, to this camp, they came back and they were speaking uh, very sympathetically of these folk, uh, as if they had been uh, charmed or put under some sort of a spell, speaking kindly of these folk. But we know the folk have been threatening people to rob them, threatening to take people's wine, and threatening to put hexes on them. Well. Now, Lady Morwen uh, wants them to leave peacefully. She does. And she has offered <laughs> up to 2,000 gold pieces. Okay, yeah. All to right. anyone that will uh, rid these uh, folk from Dagerford uh, peacefully as, uh, uh, and by dawn. Uh, if they are not removed this evening, she will uh, regretfully, and I quote, uh, burn their wagons to the ground. Fair enough. Peaceful is the only price that I need. You, my friend, can keep all the gold. Well, well, hold on a second here. My friend, you're lucky that you have me by your side. I will make sure things go peacefully. Right. Okay. We shall take the job. Making sure that these bandits leave, whoever they may be. Very well, then. Might I suggest you go outside the towers of Daggerford near the entrance and speak to the guards. They will help you on your way. Okay. Uh, well. Sure. What? Giddy up. Let's go. Hey, Giddy up. Let's go. I suppose. I don't know the colloquialisms down here. Right. Uh, Very good, gentlemen. Uh, How about those whiskeys around the house? But uh, don't forget... uh, there's always a place to stay. Uh, we have some beautiful sweets upstairs, as you know, Boren. Absolutely. And, uh, many a finely cooked yeah. uh, pheasant for dinner. We'll be tired I... and hungry when we come back doing the job, so we'll be expect to be fed and put up for the night. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Elliot, one silver piece for you, my friend. Oh, hmm. Yes, thank you. Leave that on the table, sir. Absolutely. Elliot just kind of walks away as if... Uh, it was almost insulting to offer one uh, silver piece. Uh, in this bar, a, a good whiskey goes for three GP. All right, and as, as Elliot turns around to leave, what he doesn't see is that Boren slips five GP into his pocket as he turns around. Amazing. Make a sleight of hand. Eleven plus two. Thirteen. So as you go to make a sleight of hand... Your plate bell just kind of clinks and clacks and shink, shink, shink. And he, uh, he feels you kind of uh, touching your ass, his ass, and he looks around uh, startled. And he goes, Borin. <laughs> and Borin just winks. Hey, my boy, you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, of course, sir. Ah, good luck on your quest. Thank you, sir. Fine boy, that it fine right, boy. So. Yeah, walking. I'm walking out. It's right around 6 p.m. And it is a beautiful, beautiful late summer's day. 
The light is just starting to get a little golden as it's coming down over the uh, buildings here in a, you know, a fairly decent modern city with uh, many sorts of shops and whatnot, and uh, not too far from exiting the tavern. You see the main path that dictates uh, your way through the city, and you can see these towers posted, and there's a good 10-foot wall around the whole city. Everything's actually guarded off. It's pretty busy. There's, you know, women wearing nice uh, red dresses walking around with their hair wrapped up. And there's uh, a couple kids, and you see some families, and you'll see the odd kind of adventure type, um, you know, wearing a chain mail and different emblems on their shields and stuff. And is Daggerford like a, like a well-known city? Well, Daggerford is located off of uh, the trade road, so it's, it's kind of like a tradey kind of in-between mm-hmm. town, just right off the, the Sword Coast. Yeah, that's right, and that road is called uh, the Tradeway. Nice. And, uh, yeah, you are kind of... You can hear the, the, you know, the faint sounds of the, the, the Sea of the Fallen Stars. And... I, uh... <laughs> Never actually uh, met a dwarf before. Really? Yeah. Well, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, right my on. friend. Yeah, okay. Now, you are half-elf, you said. That's right. Which one of your parents was an elf? Uh, uh well, I don't remember much of my early uh, childhood, so, uh, you know, uh, I remember who raised me, and they were human. Uh, mm. But... I do know that I'm half elven, and so uh, I'm proud of it. As you should be. Wear it like a badge, my friend. 170 years old to this day, man. Well, you don't look a day past 150. <laughs> You're all right, Born. Aye, and so are you, my friend. I myself am 184. Well, look at that. You got a few years on me then, huh? <laughs> yes. Might have been born in the same age. Tell me, what does a farmer have business showing off bandits from the outside of a town? I guess as a farmer you must defend your crops and your flock. You seem quite ready to go when they said that there was something needing doing. Uh, I think we're uh, nearing the guard post. Aye, that's right. I, I wanted to say, actually, where that axe quite fine craftsmanship. If you want to know about that axe, there's no better person to ask uh, than a dwarf. Just my my hat, my, my, my wood chopping axe. That's yeah. it. I lean forward to try and grab whoa, it just whoa, to admire it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh. Just want to admire the craftsmanship. I could tell you quite a bit about that metal. Yeah, well, you don't go grabbing some other man's axe. You're right. I apologize about that. Please accept my apology. Well, look, I'll, uh, I'll, sh- I'll And sh- Boren gets down on one knee. And his shield, he places his shield. Please, accept my apology. Never before and never again shall I ever take any man's weapon. Wendell's, like, looking around, like, embarrassed to be seen by with a dwarf who is already half his size. Yeah, I just You're pretty out. well seen at this point, yeah. yeah. And Boren's so still I'm... talking. He's like, and, and by the gods of Moradin, me, the divine keeper, my promise right, that so I, I shall I, I grab uh, Boren's arm and I just go, get, get up. What are you doing? Get, get up. Get all of yourself. I apologize. I just, I, sh- I was just very excited about your axe. 
Oh, these seem to be the guards. Gentlemen, pleasure. I hope you're having a fine evening. Well, another day, another dollar, I suppose. But to be quite honest, things could be a little bit better. You see, we've been having some problems with people outside the gate as of late. Aye, so we've heard. Can you elaborate more? Well, if you're speaking of the orders of Lady Morwen, I could point you in the right direction. Just over yonder, that patch of trees where you see those smoky spires coming up, you'll find an encampment of, well, three or four wagons. Uh, and there are people about, but I, I couldn't give you an exact number, per se. Well, I believe you've given us all the information you can. Make with it what you will. Good night and good luck to you. Indeed, my friend. Have a good night, and you are doing a fine job in the service of your city. He just kind of taps his spear on the ground and gives you a wink. And, and Boren <laughs> smashes his shield. Yeah, well, Boren's taken all this time thanking him just for this. Like, Wendell's already, like, paces ahead of him, like, walking, just kind of trudging towards his low, the lower parts of his robes are getting even more muddy. Right. And Boren kind sort of, of like nighttime robes. At a much, at a faster speed than Boren, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah and Boren's kind of skipping. Ah, Wendell! And you are a clinkety and you're clanking away. Yeah. You are not a quiet guy. You've got your plate mail on, is that correct? That's right, I've got my big, heavy plate mail. Ah, I love this. Boren, what an evening. Just sitting in a tavern and already on an adventure. I quite like adventures. I don't know if you could read that on me, but I am up for anything. So as you guys uh, continue to walk in the direction that the guards pointed you to, it's just off a, a path for the most part, and then you veer around and you're climbing up like a, a hill. As the evening grows dark, you approach uh, this camp on the hill. And in the distance, you see about a dozen men and women gathered around a crackling bonfire. The folk are in good spirits. A few of them uh, sing and dance around the fire, while others find happiness in their flasks and wineskins. You see three barrel-topped wagons are parked at odd angles, and tied to a nearby tree, grazing are a half-dozen draft horses wearing bright coats and bangles and tassels. Well, perhaps we should just approach them and ask them what's going on. It's not Do a you strong, have a better plan? It's not a strong plan, but... Uh, well, well I, I would disagree. You're charming, I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you, friend. I have talked down many a king and queen from rash decisions. So you're clanking, you're clanking. You start to hear some a uh, little more vibrant uh, music, a little bit of fiddle, someone's playing a lute. Uh, definitely sounds like a party vibe. As you kind of get closer and closer, the fire embers get brighter and brighter. And as you get higher uh, to the level, you do notice uh, an older gentleman who is sitting around the fire. And he looks kind of to be the the elder of the group. And he just kind of sits up as he sees you and hears you now. Right now, you're just about uh, getting close to the camp. So the, some of the people that have seen you, um, they take a look at you, but many of them just kind of keep partying. As they party, as I walk to us, greetings, friend. <laughs> greetings. What a beautiful evening. Greetings indeed, my friend. I hope you dance. Oh, it's been a many a year since I have danced. Please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Borin Hardenist, Admiral Paladins of Brightaxe Hall. 
It a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Pleasure to meet you, Boren. You as well? Who might you be? I am Stanomir. I am the elder of this uh, Vistani crew. Ah, Stanomir. Beautiful name. Oh, well, uh, how nice of you to say. And uh, who's your friend here? Yeah, I, I guess you would notice that Wendell is not as, like, cheery, and he's kind of just looking at this guy, Stanomir. We were tasked with asking those who are making quite a ruckus around these parts that they either stop the ruckus or leave the area. If you want us to leave, we will leave. But first, I have a story to tell you. He slaps uh, one of his friends dancing around. <laughs> points to his wine. He takes uh, one more slug. And just then, he spits this huge wine of the spirits he'd been drinking. And this giant flame kind of comes up. And the flames turn from orange to green. And as they kind of dance and sway, a dark shape appears in the bonfire's core. We come from an ancient land, a land of kings. Our enemies forced us from our homes, and now we wander the lost roads. The dark shape of the fire now takes the form of a man being knocked from his horse, and a spear piercing his side. And Stanimir continues. Uh, one night, a wounded soldier staggered onto our camp and collapsed. We nursed his terrible injury and quenched his thirst with wine. <laughs> we love our wine. He survived. When we asked who he was, he wouldn't say. All he wanted was to return home. But we were deep in the land of his enemies. <laughs> We took him as one of our own and followed him back toward his homeland. His enemies hunted him. They said he was a prince, yet we didn't give him up, even when their assassins fell upon us like wolves. This man of royal blood fought to protect us as we protected him. We bore him safely to his home and he thanked us. He said, I owe you my life. Stay as long as you wish. Leave when you choose, and know that you will always be safe here. The figure now dancing in the fire uh, vanquishes his final foe, and then disperses in a cloud of smoke and embers. Stanimir's face becomes a somber mask. We've traveled far and wide to find heroes, such as yourself. Heroes brave enough to approach us with enough gusto, confidence, Heroes with enough valor to come and talk to us. Mm. Well, you seem to have described me perfectly. <laughs> I think you might be the one who's able to put our Dreadlord's curse to an end and place his trouble soul to rest. You want us to end this... Uh, prince's curse place his soul to rest um, <laughs> if you wish to know more you must see Madame Eva if you come with us to see Madame Eva <laughs> we will both leave together and you can see her tonight it seems that these people are in need of help yeah I'll agree to help out 
as long as we get our 2,000. I like that plan. You'll get your 2,000. I don't want to take anything from you, my friend. Wait Very selfless. You're not You're not going to take your cut? Well, I don't want to break, but I come from a very privileged background. What I need is to follow my oath and to make sure the world of Feyran is rid of darkness and evil. That is my solemn promise to you. You say you're, uh, you're a paladin. Well, what I... What does that mean exactly, you're a paladin? Well... A paladin is a soldier of the divine, a keeper of the oath of the devotion, a follower and staunch supporter of our god Moradin. May the divine keep him. We make sure this world is rid itself of all evil doings, and we will do anything in our power to do that. I don't need gold to finish my quest, my friend, but I need is a sense that this world will be all right when the sun shines again. This is actually having a profound impact on Wendell. And Wendell looks down at his, uh, the handle of his axe, and then he looks back up at Boren and says, you think uh, it's possible to cure evil? I think anything is possible. And Wendell looks down at the blade of his axe. There is a small amount of blood on the blade. Okay. Uh, all right, listen, uh, Boren, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, look, I, I'm looking for a fight, okay? I've just, I've got to fight something. I say to you, friend, we have only just met. And this is the first that I've heard of such bloodlust. But if it's bloodlust you seek, perhaps we should make sure it's focused on the right people. Okay, then let's 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 get focusing, and we got to focus now. Okay. Fair enough. There's a bit of a time crunch here. <laughs> You're right. Let's do it. Hey, it's, uh, so sorry to interrupt, but uh, how's your friend Wendell? Is he uh, okay? Ask him yourself. I dare not speak for the man. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I just want to uh, uh, get get on with it. You know, let's uh, let's giddy up. Let's go. You know, let's go. Well, uh, let's uh, let's head off to see uh, Madame Eva tonight. We will go uh, as quick as we can. Where where is Madame Eva? <laughs> well, she's in uh, the land of Barovia. So, so how far away uh, and yeah. how, how, just how much time it will take to get there? Indeed, I, I don't well, believe I've ever heard of Barovia before. Hmm. If we uh, leave uh, now, we could probably get there hmm, maybe by dawn. The more we talk, uh, the longer it takes. Uh, if we pack up now, maybe, uh, maybe it's time to get going. Uh, we can talk along the way. Let's go. Indeed. Oh. I have my travel bag with me. And he just claps and he, you know, he says something in, uh, in Vistani. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting paid for this, right? This, we're getting paid? <laughs> well, friends, I'm so glad you've uh, offered your gracious help. Uh, you look like true warriors. Uh, I have to say, uh, Madam Eva will have the answers you're seeking. Shall we gather the horses and make a break for it? We shall, but I don't need a horse. 
I have my own being that I ride. What the hell are you so so coy about right now? You can come in the wagon with us. Uh, Mariah, hey, Cosmia, you put out the fire. Chai-chai, What do you mean? Boren wants to use his thing where he summons his steed. Fucking do it. He does fine steed. What does it look like? What does it sound like? time. So he goes, he sits, and he sits down (laughs) like he does, like he's praying, like his legs are under him. Yep. And he starts to say the name of his steed over and over again. Hey, Boren, I think everyone's going to the horses over here. And Boren's Warren? not even paying attention. He's not even paying attention. His shield is there. His axe is in a certain way. Warren, uh... Yeah, there's right, plenty man? of room in the wagon. <laughs> we have uh, nah, he's all right. velvet he, seats. Uh, well, he's kind of, and then he puts his, uh, his yeah. pinky and his Let thumbs together. Let him break. And he's just saying these words over and over again. And in front of him, the spirit appears in front of him. This huge war boar. It's these giant tusks and this awesome big saddle and this battle flag behind them. This is perfect riding size for, for Boren. Yeah. It's a paladin yeah, spell. Yeah, steed. It's a paladin spell. Right, so you Chris. summon a spirit that assumes the form of an unusually intelligent, strong, and loyal steed, creating a long-lasting bond with it. Appearing in an unoccupied space within range, the steed takes a form that you choose. I chose, I call him Boren's Boar. So he says, War Boar. Have you not seen a celestial steed like this before? Stanimir's just kind of gathering his crew. Uh, you know, Lulavo, uh, Stevo, uh, Mariah, Jamil. <laughs> Come here. Come on. We must go immediately. Chaya, chaya. <laughs> oh, my. And, but Stanimir actually kind of looks back at, uh, at the boar, and he's kind of, like, impressed. And he gives, like, a little smile. And goes, oh. It's nice to meet your little friend. Uh, he's not little. I'm beside the, on a horse now, just listening as we're going. Yeah. So, yeah, so Wendell Wendell knows his horses. He's working on a farm. Uh, he just kind of mounts it. <coughs> no problem. He's, he's getting up. He's joining the crew. Uh, we have three kind of barrel-shaped uh, wagons. So this is almost a motley crew at this point. Stanimir's will be riding a horse alongside Wendell, kind of leading the crew. The rest are being pulled in wagons. And this oh, is right. the thing with the boar is it doesn't look like, you know, like a wild boar or something like a pig. Like it looks like this majestic animal. Like it's got braids. Awesome. The tusks. Oh, my God. Full. Braids like his dwarven braids? Exactly. This is fucking it, great. It's, it's a spirit animal. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got two horns or... <clears throat> yeah, tusks, two, right? two tusks from the bottom, from the bottom, that are fully intact. They have no scratches on them. They're just like pure, beautiful ivory. This is great. So Stanimir is super happy. I mean, he he is because he's wanted to. Obviously, the guards that showed up earlier didn't really meet his uh, his criteria for these uh, heroic people. And what he's seeing is just kind of nothing he could imagine. And he's going, "Wow, you know, this is." This is something. He's definitely into it. Okay, so Wendell has an idea right now, walking along, or, or uh, trotting along. He says, hey, uh, while we're uh, traveling, who's up for a little, uh, you know, uh, hunting or something, for just a little game of fun? Like, let's just, uh, and he's kind of looking around. Um, can I do maybe a perception check to see if I see any, like, big bird or an animal or a fox maybe anywhere? Or can yeah. I just keep it, uh, a search going somehow? Absolutely, or a... Uh... Well, uh, if you want to stop and hunt, uh, we can stop and hunt, but uh, you no, want no, to no. see Madame Eva tonight. No, uh, I, we I, want I to see her. I want to see her. I just mean, uh, uh, 
Uh, okay, so I rolled, a, I rolled a seven. Just I'm looking for maybe, hopefully, do I see anything? So basically, uh, where you guys have agreed to go, you're moving uh, south down the tradeway. And uh, you still kind of have the ocean or the, uh, the, the fallen sea to, uh, uh, to the west of you. On the east is, uh, you're trying to see little glimpses of the misty forest. And uh, as Wendell kind of nervously looks around for uh, any sort of night creatures to stalk or anything to hunt, uh, you're not having any luck with that. You haven't noticed anything quite yet. Notice anything quite yet there, Wendell. Uh, no, uh, no, I haven't uh, noticed anything. Um, <laughs> I'm going uh, to pull out my, uh, my axe. So as you're taking a look at it, that small amount of blood that you saw earlier... Is actually kind of slowly eroding. There's even less blood than there was before. Right down to the base, there's just a little bit of blood kind of finally seeping into the top wooden part. But other than that, it looks very, very clear, very, very shiny. And uh, oh, almost like it's clean. So I'm... I'm uh, my horse actually just sort of veers off to the right a little bit. And uh, I break formation and I let some go by. I don't know if... Born, if you follow me or not, but uh, I stop and I start sort of veering from the crowd a little bit, and I go, hey, Born, uh, let's, let's let's go find a fox or something. We're just going to go find a fox. We won't be, we won't be far. Born, come here. Born looks at this, kind of uh, raising an eyebrow, and goes, right, be right there, mate, and he turns to the to the gypsy that he was talking to. <laughs> seven children. Seven more children. Anyway, I'll pick up the story again, and he kind of Trots, <laughs> These guys get off. Standing and goes, Luluvo, Jiban, stop, 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 stop. And he just kind of holds up the horses, yeah. and uh, you guys are kind of off into. I'm still kind of riding around in circles a little bit. Not to worry. Just need, just uh, looking for a fox, just for sport. You can. Your keep horse going. is almost like bucking as you're doing this, and you're going around in circles. Yeah, no, easy there. Get the control of your horse, there, friend. If everything all right. I'm going to roll a um, persu- this persuasion to say to Stanimir, um, if I can, to be like, just keep going, I'll catch up, I'll catch up, I'm just taking a, a ride. Stanimir kind of wants to stop anyways, and he's giving you uh, a look. He's almost kind of closing one eye. It's almost like a, I wouldn't say an evil eye, but it's a beady eye. Okay, yeah, that's making Wendell feel a little uh, little weird, yeah. Almost as if um, he feels what you're going through. I would like to make another perception check. Go for it. 16. So, you do notice some uh, rustling in the the grass, kind of that you're off the path. Um, Sounds like like a rabbit. Uh, Something in the bushes. Could be a squirrel. You do hear some nightlife kind of lurking about. Okay. I'm just going to uh, reach out my hands, and uh, this black sort of smoke happens in my hands, and it sort of just like gets smoky and then a little bit denser, and then a little bit denser, a little bit denser, until all of a sudden I'm holding on to its full, dense, at first looks like a shadow, but then real longbow. Like it just materialized. Just materialized in my hand. Cool. 
And also, I'm being I'm being uh, as quiet as possible, and I'm holding it at the uh, source of sound. I'm going to draw it, and I'm going to re- I'm going to ready in action to fire if I see anything. Okay, that you, looks like you, a worthy you shot. You do see a movement. You have uh, your dark vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see uh, some sort of creature that just kind of jumps out of uh, is startled by you. Born is catching up to you and witnessing this whole thing as you aim it towards what you hear. Yeah. You uh, you release a shot. You want to roll for? Yeah. Oh my God. Good God. Okay, the twenty-eight hits. This great hair peeks its head around innocently around a bush. Uh, the arrow spears it, no doubt. And it almost it's like a it's like a pre-made skewer through the the hare's head and out of its backside. And you can literally just take this arrow and like twist it over a fire. And uh, it's the perfect skewer, already pre-made. Okay. That's how good the shot was. Nice. No I, work's done. And when that happens, how do you feel? I feel like a big ocean wave just sort of like sprung out from the center of me. Like uh, like a stone dropped and I'm the center of the ripple. Like my heart is like the center of the ripple effect. It's relief from pain and or, or stress or some sort of like torment that I don't un- really understand. Does Boren see any of this? Does he witness so You kind of witness the whole thing. This very almost kind of like robotic. I'm also not precise. going after the rabbit at all. I don't care. I'm, I start turning back and I'm going back towards. Um, so the, we're kind of headed towards each other. He's gone towards you yeah. now. You kind of came in <clears> just <throat> close enough to see him kind of snipe this thing. Okay. I say, friend, did you find us some dinner for the evening? Uh, I'm not hungry. And I walk, I go right by you. All right. And Boring kind of clocks this and just, all right. Boys, but uh, I, I keep going, though. I want to keep going and check out this thing. So you go, killed. you take a look, and it's just this skewered rabbit pinned to the ground, lifeless. I'm gonna go and check out the arrow and see like what what it's made out of. And... Yeah, you dismount off your board, you take a look. It looks like a regular arrow, except there's kind of a. It's hard to tell because it's dark at night. Okay. There's kind of like a shadow. I got dark vision. Sure. This is different. Okay. This is different. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's got like a a dark shadowy. Can I touch uh, it? Vibe to it. You can touch it. Uh, to your touch. Uh, it's actually very cold, and you uh, kind of immediately pull your hand away. You get a bit of a chill out of it. It's a bloody cold arrow. Your heart almost sinks a little bit. My worst. I check out the rabbit just to see if there's any, maybe we can cook it, you know. You can cook it. Nothing wrong with that rabbit. All right, so he takes the rabbit, but he looks, and he looks at the Ido, and then looks back at his new acquaintance, Wendell. Yeah, and Wendell's clopping around, uh, pulling back up to Stanomir, but you're still on the tradeway. Great. Uh, You're getting closer and closer. You can see in the east that the misty forest is getting a little thicker. The sound as you kind of go a little further inland, uh, the sound of the ocean is uh, 
kind of quiet, but the air is still beautifully crisp. It is a wonderful summer night. Uh, the stars are clear. And, uh, it's quite a beautiful evening. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. It's quite a beautiful evening. I remember so traveling under all these stars. I yeah, remember. I'm, feeling, I'm actually feeling pretty good, Born. Uh, I think we should uh, keep the pace. Um, get to uh, the goods, whatever, whatever, whatever we're, we're about to come across. Yeah. My mo, if I can be so uh, well, if I can confide this in you, as I've already confided a few things. Please. I just kind of want to make quick work of this mission because I'll tell you, I lived 170 years. Mm. It's time for me to retire. And, uh, well, um, let's just say I've decided to uh, live abroad in my twilight years, uh, and I'm a little short on change. So, uh, this guy's rich. I'm going to try to get a piece of it. Yeah, fair enough, my friend. You seem, though, very concerned about your financial situation. Oh, no, no. I'm, I just want to be able to have enough to, uh, you know, sustain a... A solemn and solitary life. Nah, farming is not what it used to be in Faerun. I can tell you that. Especially not where I'm from. Where are you from? Oh, uh... Place far south of here. Ah, really? I, myself, have not traveled that far south. Well, let's just say that there is, uh... There are some fields there that... Glowing orange that'll light your heart for years to come. Ah. Even through the darkest days. Sounds beautiful. It was beautiful. I just don't see it the same way anymore. So, no, I suggest you go there sometime. Perhaps you could take me there. When all this is over, said and done, perhaps you could take me to your home. No offense, Born, you're a great guy, but... After all said and done, I'm going off by myself. Thanks. Uh, fair enough. It is a pleasure riding with you on yeah. this adventure, my friend. You too, Born. I can't help uh, but overhear you two talk. <laughs> ah, you have, um, oh, Jesus. Tell me you. you scared us. Yeah, it came <laughs> up on us there pretty quick. Well, my senses are pretty keen. Yeah. They sh- are they? Well, where I'm from... Uh, you need to have keen senses. Where are you from? From Barovia. Yes. Tell me more about this Barovia. I will say this. Uh, if you ever get to, to Barovia, well, <laughs> when we get there, it's wise to stick to the roads. Uh, wild druids, wayward ghosts, and packs of wolves can be found. Mm, in the forests, beyond the fogs. <laughs> well, I've lived through two spider wars, so wild druids and wolves are nothing to me. Well, okay. I'm glad uh, to hear that. Uh, <laughs> okay, spiders and wolves. That's, that's a big fight. Oh, you haven't seen battle? Uh, no, I, I've, I've fended off a few vermin. Vermin. I fought a wolf. A wolf. I, I, he was a mean wolf. 
I will say one more thing about the land of uh, Barovia uh, before we arrive. Please. <laughs> are we almost there? One more piece of advice. Yes, we are almost there. Ah, good. Must be weary of ravens. Uh, ravens carry lost souls. Killing a raven is bad luck. Stanimir. Stanimir. Can I ask you something? Wendell. The fuck you talking to us about ravens for? Like, what is... You don't want to kill a raven. They carry souls. All right. Don't, don't kill ravens. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, why would I, I kill mean, ravens? Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't killed a raven in the past. There's no reason why. So Stanimir just kind of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> oh, boys. I have good news and I have bad news. Oh. We've... <laughs> Been in the same caravan. How'd you get this news? The bad news is we don't have time to see Madame Eva tonight. But we can pull off into the Misty Forest, set up camp. Hold on a sec. And we'll see her first no, thing on. in the morning. No, I made a deal with you, man. I said back at your first camp that you guys were all trolling around... Uh, that I would escort you guys, and I would go with you, and I'd do this, and we asked uh, how long it would take to get to Madame Irma. Eva. 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 Madame Eva, yes. Madame the Eva. 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 Madame Eva. Madame Eva. By the damn morning. And it looks to me like the sun's about to come up, and we had a deal. So uh, we, uh, t- we uh, push on, man. Uh, perhaps you're right. We have been traveling all day, and there is a lot of us. The woods, I know, will grant us shelter for the evening. Yeah, the, the misty woods with a bunch of gypsies makes me feel real great. My friend, don't don't worry. Come on, I thought we were past stereotyping. Past stereotyping? <laughs> you're right. You know what? I'm tired. Me? I'm tired. Too, buddy. I like to cook this rabbit. So yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna go. We're not gonna go too far. We're just gonna outskirts of the misty forest. Um, it's just important that we get off uh, the main road. And the wagons are kind of pulling themselves in, and everyone's pretty shot. Corin starts to. He sees everybody's just kind of, you know, preparing to camp for the evening. So he starts to get his stuff ready. He puts out his bedroll and. He has a, a ritual of setting out things, his bedroll, making everything's kind of nice and clean. He's a military man, too, right? right? So right, he's right, making right. everything's nice and making sure everything's kind of very symmetrical with everything. Does he do any praying to his god or anything He does, like that? yeah. His boar just disappears. Ah. Wendell just, uh, I guess he's by a fire or something, and he just sort of, like, leans back. Sleeps on his back, starts snoring right away. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty beat. Yeah, so as you guys uh, cozy up and lie beside the fire, Wendell's uh, out like a light. The warm embers of the fire, they crack into the night, rising alongside uh, the smoky spires that kind of shoot into the warm, peaceful summer night sky. Uh, just as this happens, as you guys are drifting away into your slumber, there's a mist that kind of rolls in around the camp. And it hangs heavy in the air and uh, surrounds the area just as your eyes uh, shut and you fall asleep peacefully into the night.
as you two wake up, it's kind of like a muted sun that hits the beat of your face, morning dew on both of your cheeks. You find yourself uh, on the side of a road, and all of the Vestadia are gone. There's not a single trace to be found. Uh, there's no tracks in the road. Nothing. Uh, from what you can see, it, it looks like you have all of your gear on you. doesn't look like you've lost anything. Uh, the axe is where it should be. Boring gets up and looks around and goes, Well, that is quite something. You can see no trace of them. He looks around. Does he see anything? Any tracks in the road? Any footprints? He's not a tracker, but he doesn't see any telltale signs of... Yeah, you don't see any tracks any sort of trace at all. Uh, things have just kind of seemed to have disappeared quietly in the night. But you do notice that something about these woods is, is very different. Uh, something about the light. Something about... N- none of what you've seen is similar to what you've been coming along uh, in your journey. It doesn't really feel like a late summer day any longer. The deeper you look into the woods, it's almost like it's there's a very, very, very thick mist and fog that at a certain point it kind of obscures your vision. You're kind of damp with dew. Uh, the trees are very mossy. All of a sudden we went through some sort of deciduous uh, maple tree kind of vibe to these very dark and droopy evergreens. and It's very sad. Uh, all of a sudden, you're very, very much alone. And uh, there's something very, very off about uh, your surroundings. This doesn't look like the misty forest to me, friend. No, it's no different. Very... What exactly are we? Stanimus! Hey, Stanimus! Stanomir. Stanomir! Stan man! You just hear this empty echo across the lands. Uh, You hear a raven kind of mimic you with the same sounds. As you look down, you can see black pools of water that stand almost like dark mirrors on the side of the road. Branches clawing at the mist. Where the fuck they take us, Boren? I don't know, Frit. Boren looks up into the sky to see where the sun is. Is there any sign of sun or what time of day it is so there's you can certainly see a sun but it's more like uh it's more like if if it was daytime and the moon was shining through clouds <laughs> it's like a very muted gray Oof. it's bright and you can see mm. but there's not color to it per se it's very foggy it's very overcast it's very cold um it feels I suppose, more like autumn than uh, late summer. Mr. Boren, sir, uh, why don't we get going? Hold on. Before you continue, those Vistanis are going to hear a word from me. I'll tell you that much. I hear you, boy. Before we continue, 
Let me use my senses. Make sure the coast is clear. Then Boren does this thing where he gets down on his knees and he uses his divine senses to sense evil. That's one of his things as a paladin. Right, right. He can use divine sense to sense <clears throat> undead. You actually start throwing up. Oh my god. Oh, Boren! Something about this place has really uh, set you off. I don't like this place, Winter. We shouldn't be here. The Vesteni has taken us the wrong way. Wrong way? I don't even... Which way wrong way? No. I don't know. All right, well, come on, man. Let's, let's, let's move. All right. So the path really only goes one way that you can see clearly, which is to the west. And behind you, there's still this thick mist kind of obscuring your vision. So you scuttle along the trodden path. And as you do so, and you look behind you, you can see that the mist is actually kind of swallowing up this area behind you, almost guiding you in a certain way, it seems. Well, stick with me, boy. I am a man of the military. Okay. If I know one thing, it's the art of war and how to handle oneself in battle. Now, I don't know where we are, but I know one thing for sure. This place... This is an evil place. Not the same as Faerun, now that's for sure. This way! Keep close! All right, Wendell's looking around sort of, I guess, following the only path that they can go in this narrow, very narrow, misty area. Yeah, the trees are, like, caving in on each side. He's going to look at his axe. Yeah, so at, he, He's going to look at the blade of his axe. Yeah, so you take a look at the blade, and it's it's looking very clean. There's maybe, like, a couple specks of blood on it. Oh, shit. What's that? Uh, Did you see something? No, nothing. Nothing. All right, keep your guard up. And they keep walking. This way. Yeah. This place is just getting spookier and spookier by the minute. It has the silence of a forgotten grave, yet it exudes the feeling of an unvoiced scream. And as Boren kind of makes his way, leading ahead in the marching order, all of a sudden you catch uh, the scent of death in the air. Oh. It's this foul odor coming from uh, the the woods to the north of you. Hey, Wendell, you smell that? It's putrid. It smells awful. Something died, I guess. Uh, very recently, too. You can almost hear buzzing of bugs, too. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna roll to see where the smell's coming from. Okay. Oh, it's a eighteen. It's not very far away, but it is coming from the woods uh, north of you guys. I'll lead. You watch my back. Okay. So we start going. I'm just a farmer. I'll protect you. All right. I am a soldier. And we just we start walking towards Wendell. Sense the sense, so he's just I'm this way. We start going. Towards. So you go a little bit deeper into the woods. Yeah. Uh, really, not too far at all. And this foul scent uh, leads you to what you see is a, a corpse, a human corpse that's half buried. In the underbush, about uh, 15 feet of the road, the body seems to be of a young man, a commoner of sorts. He has muddy clothes uh, that are torn and raked with uh, claw marks. 
Looks like crows have been at his body, which is surrounded uh, also by these paw prints. Uh, this man has obviously been dead for several days. Ugh. But uh, his body's mostly intact, and he does he's holding in his uh, right hand a crumpled envelope. Grab the letter. Yeah, as you, as you open it up, it's, uh, it's, it's a handwritten note. Note. Hail thee of might and valor. I, the Burgomaster of Borovia, send you honor with despair. My adopted daughter, the fair Irina Koriana, has been these past few nights bitten by a vampire. A vampire. My word, Windra. I thought vampires were just myths and legends. Yeah, so did I. That's what you would tell children to go to bed, to scare them for the night. This can be real. I don't want to be running into any vampires, Warren. For over 400 years. This Wendell's kind of looking around as he's reading, reading this, looking off into the mist. Yeah, and Warren, actually, he doesn't, he doesn't get louder. He kind of gets quieter. For over 400 years, this creature has drained the lifeblood of my people. Now my dear Irina languishes and dies from an unholy wound caused by this vile beast. He has become too powerful to conquer. So, I say to you, give us a foot dead and encircle this land with the symbols of good. Let holy men call upon the power that the devil may be contained within the walls of weeping Barovia. Leave our sorrows to our graves and save the world from this evil fate of ours. There is much wealth entrapped in this community. Return for your reward after we are all departed for a better life. Kolyan Indirovich. Burgomaster. Burgomaster is a... Uh, like a mayor? Yeah. Yeah. Boren looks at it. He's flipping the letter over. That's it. That's it. My word. Barovia. We must be in the lands of Barovia. And as you guys are spending time talking and discussing the letter you hear the cry of a lone wolf <gasps> oh oh barn you hear that i do all right best we make our way boy back to the path yeah, back to the path oh, Boren sort of shit. Oh, as you do up the letter and he, he gives it to wendell here hold on to this uh, uh, you want me to hold on to oh, it then he takes out his shield put and put it in my robe and sort of walk back to the path these howls are getting louder and louder now you hear a few that lone one that you heard earlier does seem like it's quite uh, closer at this point all right wendell what do you know about battle battle experience hey I do know a few things, and Wendell kind of looks a little nervous, but then he starts conjuring up something with his hands and all this black, shadowy, particle it looks like floating black sand, and it's getting nice. thicker and thicker, and it's finally forming what looks to be a great axe in his hand, and, and it just This is part appears. of your, your Hexblade thing. I'm a Hexblade, and I can conjure any weapon. That's a nifty trick for a farmer. Still getting used to it, Born. Hey. Well, keep it close by your sight. I have a feeling you might have to put it to good use. Oh, shit. Oh, Stand shit. your ground. I got you, boy. You follow my lead. Just as you break through the forest and get back to your path, you hear these snapping of twigs. And as you look back quickly, these two wolves dart out of each side of the forest, engaging you guys in melee. Roll for initiative. Oh! First 
battle of the game. Ah, four. Ah, Pretty nine. high. Good luck with that. Okay, so looks like uh, the wolves are going first. And they're on either side of us? Yeah. They're like flanking us. Yeah, they're, 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 they're both coming out. At, oh my god. Okay. 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 Oh yeah. And they've each got uh, themselves fixated on one of you. This first right. one is going to go right after you, Boren. Oh no. it. And he goes after you for a bite, and that's uh, 21. Oh, just hits. And with that, he lurches forward. Takes a big bite out of your uh, neck for 16 points of damage. Oh, shit. Are you all right? Holy shit. Stand your ground, Wendell. And now Wendell, one's going to take a look at you. Oh, no. And it's the same thing. It's lurching forward. And that's a 16. Oh, that hits. Since you're much taller, it, it kind of actually bites you on your on your ass. Oh. And you take... Uh, through the robes, 15. Too. <laughs> yeah, through through the robes. Oh, got a good hold ass. of me there, boy. Ah, oh, your yeah. ass. <laughs> There's no AC there. And you take 15 points of damage. Oh. Ouch. Hold on to your butts. Oh, I'm holding on to it. <laughs> Boren, it's your turn. All right. Give him help, Boren. You bit me on my ass. Boren's going for the wolf that, that bit him. Okay. Looking him in the eyes. Yeah, they seem to each kind of pick their own target now yeah, at okay. this point. He's looking at him. He just goes for his first attack. Oh, 19. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Dang. a hit. All right. So he goes for his first attack. He swings. That's the first hit. Mm-hmm. Because I have an extra attack. Ooh. Because I'm a level five dwarven paladin. Nice. So I we'll see if that one hits. 18. That's another hit. Aye. So a total of 24. So as you take this swipe, though, uh, it kind of slashes through the side of this wolf. And you almost see... Nice one, Boren. You almost see the cut on its side seal. What did the world... As if your axe really didn't do anything at all to it. Wendell, watch out! These monsters can heal themselves! Right out of the mist from behind you, you see a shadow. And as it gets closer, as it's kind of hulking over... Oh, what now? You're seeing the silhouette of another wolf, but this wolf is freaking huge. And it just kind of pops forward, and it gives you a look in the eyes, and it's white. Its fur is white, and its eyes are beating in red. Born, I don't know if I could take on all these wolves. Man. Now there's th- three of them now. There's so there's three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One on each of you, and then just one giant thing. It? It's yours, Wendell. Wendell's gonna take a swipe at the wolf that just bit him on the ass. All right, eighteen. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a hit. Nice. All right, that's gonna be fourteen damage on my. Great axe coming down on him, my shadowy great axe. The shadowy axe. And this time, as it hits, this wolf gives a howl. Gives a little bit of a howl and snarls and kind of curls back. And you can see its slobber coming down. And Uh, it it looks like it got hurt pretty good. Must not like my axe. What to do? I'm going to hit him again with my thirsting blade. I can attack twice. Oh, thirsting blade. Thirsting blade. 
Thirsty Blake? Yeah, I can't what does that do again? But Wendell doesn't understand why, like what's happening to him. But oh, right, right. But yeah. I know you're like possessed, going. dude. Yeah, yeah. Wendell is possessed. Okay. You're um, like in, you're like in its own. Oh, that's a 19 to hit. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and and then this is gonna be plus my. It'll be eight damage as I come up with the backhand. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that so, slashes him again, and it yelps as you hit him kind of across. Uh, right across the jaw. So 22 total damage. And while all this hap- is happening, this uh, giant wolf is encroaching and getting a little bit closer. And uh, just as it kind of gives you guys both a look in the eye, kind of crosses its paws in front of him and kind of sits down. As this if is he's the big wolf? Watching this the, the big show. white wolf? Yeah, the big white wolf. So, the wolf that you've been engaged with, Born, is going to attack you. Uh, this time with some claw scrapes. So it's going to get two attacks. Okay. Come on, you foul beast. First one is seven. Miss. Second one is also a seven. Miss. Nice dodge, boys. Yeah, dumb animal. Foiled. Okay, Wendell, you're next. The one that's here close to is going to... It's going to go for another bite. Yeah, well, it's got to be a miss. It's a three. Ah, that misses. Hey, there you go. Oh, got a little bit of nimble steps in me yet. All right, you nimble bastard. All right. It's my turn, yes? You're up, Born. All right. Born, let's get rid of these wolves. Check this out. Hey, going. Approach this wolf and I, I twist my hands on my axe handle and I raise it above my head. Oh, 17. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and you know what? I'm going to smite that. <laughs> I'm going to divine smite that. That's my nice. All right, that uses a spell slot, right? That's right. Smite it. That uses a spell slot, but I'm going to use it as a second level spell slot. Well, hold on. What is, okay, so what does this do? What is a smite? Oh, divine smite is uh, it is ability of the a dwarven paladin uh, of a paladin, mm-hmm. and when you divine smite, you can apply that after you have rolled. So I, I, I yeah, he figured out. Yeah, he beat the AC. You hit. And what that gives you is, uh, this now gives me um, extra damage. D six. Because you have to d- roll now. You've infused your weapon with that's right. With like righteousness. Energy. With yeah. righteousness. With really, you're striking down with divinity. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Your conviction is causing force damage. I that's think right. technically, yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. And so, having seen uh, Wendell conjure this axe and see his wolf seems damaged by this. Gross. Yeah, my magic. Black axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's very undivine. I have divine magic of my own. And I roll. And I slash down on him. I go for. Holy oh, shit, that's a lot of die. Uh, 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 15. That is All going right. to finish it off. So, <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm going to let you describe it. Ooh, describe describe it. the final blow. All right, boring. As you grip this, this freaking uh, yeah. great axe of yours. This Borin's dwarven hair, fat dwarven hair, just gripping the handle of his axe. Yes. Look at this thing in the eye, God. Today's not your day, puppy dog. And he slides <laughs> his hands together like a baseball bat, brings his head, axe over his head, and chops it right at the fucking top of it. Oh, Rubs it right at the top <laughs> of his head. Splits the skull open. Oh, the, nice. actual, the actual head of the, <laughs> the wolf 
splits open, but the rest of the body is still intact. <laughs> oh my god! Just the, so it's flailing. Yeah. Born. But they're still that, okay. Yeah. Born lifts his foot up and kicks the wound, like kicks the wolf away, like. That's another, okay, okay. That's, That's another action. That's another action. As it's kind of flailing around and its paws are still moving um, and its head is completely split in half. Borg looks over his shoulder just checking with Wendell. Yeah, as if that couldn't get any more disgusting. But what actually happens is it becomes, almost turns into like a human form. What? The one he just killed? Yeah. <gasps> this naked... Oh. Just, With its head split open? Yeah, its head is split <laughs> open. <laughs> this naked, like, man, basically. Oh, my. This beast is just kind of on the ground. Born speechless. He doesn't know what... Okay. And once again, as you're doing this, this hulking wolf is just kind of... Yeah. Watching over you guys. Okay. And it's about 10 feet tall, I should mention. It's massive. This massive oh white God. wolf with glowing red eyes. Okay, Wendell's going to take another swipe at the damaged wolf in front of me. 19. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think you know that hits by now. 17 damage. Roll a 12. Holy smokes. Plus my charisma modifier nice. of 5, because I'm very charismatic. Uh, yeah. Wendell's a very charismatic guy. So, yeah, you don't even need to use your... Uh, what was that blade called? You don't even need to use your second attack. blade, second attack. Yeah. Now it's, it's, now it's your turn to describe it. Oh! Yeah, well, I wasn't expecting it, and so I just sort of lift my axe up and I just kind of swipe down across it and it kind of rips the bottom of its jaw off and just the it's it sort of tries to bark again or, or swipe but it doesn't have a bottom jaw and then it realizes it's, it's dead ew and I <laughs> <laughs> turns around and goes ew and as you've hewn off this piece of jaw like a golf swing or something, the same thing kind of happens. This thing turns into this half hairy, half without a bottom jaw. Studded, yeah, oh. that's right. Oh, look Almost at that like board. a zombie-esque being. And yeah, it's disgusting. You have two of these bloody. Uh, would we know what these are? Like, would, do we know about werewolves? Would we know? Like, <gasps> these are werewolves. You know what I mean? No. No, we this is no, a. So this both is, of us don't know what werewolves never are seen or anything. Before. No, okay. I would not, I would oh not say so. Okay, so what is it? Oh my god. This is disgusting. So, okay, so these two wolves are definitely turned into people. We're standing here. I So I look at this wolf, this giant yeah, white wolf. Yeah, we're looking at the big the wolf red eyes. now. Is he. Yeah. What is he doing? He's kind of. He's hulking over, and behind him, you see all these smaller wolves surrounding and now they're also coming towards you and as he's doing that he's kind of crossing his paws and laying down and just keeping a watch on you guys he seems very calm so we fouled the two wolves that are next to that were like that just attacked us and we're yes. standing on their corpses yeah. but now this big wolf has four other wolves that are coming out of the bushes too at us exactly and they're surrounding you you guys are back to back and it looks like they're going to make a meal out of you you guys are very, very threatened and injured. I guess you guys are both been bitten at this point. Yeah. And this uh, big, hulking, 10-foot white wolf is just kind of watching over you guys. And it just kind of crosses its legs and gives a little look. And it's, it's basically watching the show at this point. I'm at like half health here, so yeah, four, yeah, yeah. four of these things plus this guy. Okay, so... If I mean, Boren clocks the, this wolf doing that. Mm-hmm. Kind of sees, oh, this guy thing is enjoying this. Boren. So Boren yeah. just kind of like, 
He screams at the wolf. He goes, call off your hounds. We'll stop attacking if you call off your hounds. Warren, what are you doing? I'm trying something. Just seeing. You see this this giant white wolf. It almost gives like a smirk. And it looks into your oh, eyes. My God. And it uh, all of a sudden uncrosses its legs and props itself back oh, no. up. And it turns around. It starts walking into the mist. You see it slowly disappear, and the other wolves kind of slink off as well and uh, head into the into the surrounding forest. Holy shit. Well, they, they're gone. Everyone's gone. They're gone. They're leaving. Oh, my God. We should not stay here, oh, Warren, I got bit in my ass, oh, man. Yeah, my neck. My neck is bit. Okay, so... So these, these wolves are gone. <laughs> They're all gone. They've taken off. Yeah. Where, so I just want to... Uh, Orient yourself? Yeah. I, I just you guys made like a, a somewhat of a distance after you found that rotting body with the flies kind of yeah, yeah. stimming around. And you could see the paw prints. And we're still on this path. You're still on the paw. Uh, on the path. Uh, you're still on the path. Um, so, yeah, you're still on the path going west. It's... It's the only way we can go, right? Because the mist really is following is. us, you were saying? Yeah, okay. exactly. The okay. mist behind okay. you is so thick and white. Okay, so I have this idea. So Boren wants to do this again. He wants to summon his steed. He wants to do fine steed. Okay. And I want to summon Zoltan. Yeah. My boar is named Zoltan. Right. And Boren's, so we can Boren's ride. Boar, Zoltan. That's right. So we can okay. ride along this path and find out where the hell we are. Going. All right. Zoltan is very much there, but he does not look the same at all. What do you mean? This time, he's almost like a zombified version. <gasps> like, there's flesh hanging off of him. Uh, it's twisted. His It's dark. He's almost, like, doesn't have eyelids. There's just a whole bunch of whiteness uh, he where he sees. He doesn't appear hurt. Everything appears kind of the same. But he seems to look visually very deformed. Oh, I think your boar needs some water. Oh, he seems... The same. He seems yeah, but he, he looks, looks like gross. fucking shit. He looks disgusting. My poor, my sweet Zoltan. All right. Uh, Wendell, you sit in the back. You guys mount Zoltan, uh, Boren's ethereal war boar, and make your way down the path. Are there tracks that lead along this path to yeah. lead us to believe that this is where, like, any? We we're, we're looking for just population. Yeah, yeah. Right. Any okay. civilization here. And as you stay on that path for an extended period of time, you know, you lose the woods. It's, it disappears behind you. And at this point, there's open fields. You're going up and down these rolling hills. All the while, the mist is kind of just, you always feel it at your back, just kind of following you along. And as you stay on the path, the only path you know, eventually you start to see these dwellings kind of pop up over the horizon. So as you make your way forward, you get a closer look at this town. You have indeed found some sort of village. And as you approach its gates, injured and confused, you see this wooden sign knocked over ominously. And you can kind of tilt your head and see that it reads the village of Barovia. Wendell and Bourne, that concludes this episode of The Curse of Strahd.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. <laughs>